Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Explicit Mistress Podcast with Tommy, Seth, and myself, Mike. That is me, Mike. I am myself. Whoa, it's going to be a little interesting episode today. All right, anyways, uh, let's kick some things off with some intros here. We have some uh, interesting developments across the ecos... ecos- I have an intro. Robert. Happy nice. Tuesday. Jeez, oh, Mike, man. There we go. Slow, slow down. Slow your roll. Calm down. Take a breath. All right. Take a breath. You know. Take a breath. Ease right into here. the week. All right. Ease into it. I feel like I've already run two days through just Monday. So it's it's Tuesday. I feel like I've already been working pretty hard already. Oh, all right. Anyways, uh, something we found across the interwebs was um, the Fabric blog has announced that there is some additional actions you can use from pipelines. This is something I felt was missing from Azure Data Factory and or Synapse was the ability to easily, at the end of your activities, send an email like, hey, we finished something. Hey, this thing failed. Uh, I think that was very helpful. So they have, they have ability to send a message to a Teams channel and they have the, the ability to send a message via an, an email via Outlook, which I think is great. I'm very excited about that one. It's going to help people out from a Notification standpoint. So Not- blog post. Note notify. And notify. Yep. I'll throw the blog post here in the chat window for anyone who wants to try it out or use it. That should be there for you as well. And uh, Tommy, do you have any other openers? Any any fun anecdotal anecdotal stories this week? I do actually, Mike. So I realized that I, I do a lot of training now, but almost on a daily basis, but I've realized my ability to train comes directly. My mother asked me last week, can you help me with Excel? I said, I'll do it pro bono. Yep. So, which is well, I'm going to charge very kind of you. Very you know, half, my said, normal rate. half my but normal I, rate. But I realized that, the patience. Is that because she's such a loyal listener? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Her, she's definitely the number one fan. Good morning. Good morning. Tommy's mom. If you're listening. Good morning, Joanne. So, <laughs> Uh, but, um, man, I, I, you, when you realize when you deal with someone who just hey, kind of be careful to, here, I, <laughs> I just I paused. <laughs> <laughs> didn't really need a computer growing up. Kind yes. Of correct. And it's a great point. So just kind of walk through because she's my father and her, when I remember when the iPhone came out, you had to plug it into iTunes, mm-hmm. probably the worst experience I've ever had in my life or up there. He's like, okay, we're gonna what we're gonna do? We're gonna get the phone. You're gonna plug it in the computer. Why? You are now open iTunes, but that's for music. Yes, I don't want music. You're not gonna get music. Yeah. And they're like, I don't know why they would open it. Why do they make an iTunes? Like that's just what they did. So, are you an so, only child, Tommy? I no, no. Okay, but you you then were labeled the de facto tech support. Oh yeah. For your parents. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I'm I dodged this bullet. My youngest, <laughs> one, my youngest brother. Uh, what's that so like you going through this is very reminiscent with some yes. of the mm-hmm. things that uh he his the trauma right, there's trauma there yeah there's <laughs> trauma there so but that that if i can teach her like to use an iphone or excel i can teach anyone anything that's what i've realized because it's the patience of it's not just like click on the cell like why is it a cell that doesn't matter that's what they call it and that you have to deal with that mm. best mother in the world computers now double best mother of the world she now knows how to do excel right she's now doing v- we know what cells and rows are yeah we, we, we know we, we have not kind of formulas yet she's we writing python in excel now soccer <laughs> yeah well she's she asked like do you know excel i'm like yeah 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 i know excel and then i always want to ask you do know what i do to a degree right but we don't so. <laughs> i'm still like it if she oh but, true. yeah i work with computers that's hilarious. That's, She's that's very proud. Like, okay, what I want you to do now is click on file. <laughs> now I'd like you to make an entire database in file, my Excel file. 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 Where file? Oh, no. It's like, where's Excel? Left. It's like, you go to the application. Then they go to applications. Oh, it starts higher, there. higher left. Higher, yeah. higher left. Go, go. Go. Nope. A little bit more left. Yep. File. Oh, file. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now mm-hmm. scroll down. <laughs> like options. Yes. This is something I go through, like when I when I do classes as well. People who are it's it's shocking to me what when I say the ribbon, people don't know what a ribbon is in any of the Microsoft yeah, applications. Man. Like there's this like there's some very common terminology. So like I just have to make sure I very clear. Like this is how I will describe where to look, because I have to give people indicators to like there's not a visual indicator. I can't tell you exactly where to go. It's and an I environment. 
was like, okay, go to the ribbon, read the sections. So it's the ribbon named home, the section named copy and paste, and then the button is found in like a group of six. Like, and you have to do all of this without yelling. Correct. You know, so in baseball, there's a there's a what's oh. called a donut, <laughs> and you put it on your bat. The donut basically makes it heavier to swing the bat. So when you go up to the plate, you take the donut off. It's a lot lighter to swing. I think anyone yeah. who trains to teach their parents how to use Power BI. And if they can get through an hour of that, their ability to have patience with people, it, it's like it's like going to the gym. Yes. Training. Now, the and difference I'm here sure is a really there, good analogy. There's a slight difference here like between training your parents to do things versus working with customers or training a class. Because, And sometimes I'm just like, making money i'm making money i'm making yeah, money yeah. i'm making money <laughs> i don't care how long it takes i'm making money <laughs> oh no when when you train your parents you go i would i wouldn't even get me. paid for they this paid, it's not they a- paid for things they fed me when i was younger <laughs> think, think happy thoughts yeah. they I'm made me good- pasta I, I was able to grow up like well, let's see if we got a live feed just in case if we got any- <laughs> uh, so far so good so we'll see so, i'm sure i'll be getting a call you yes. ungrateful little. <laughs> it's good though. It's good, and it's, it's good that you're you're teaching people, Tommy, the ways of Excel. I mean, that is that yeah. is the gateway to all things data. Well, at least she's aware. So at the very end, and I'll leave it at this. She's like, "Are you going to tell Mike DiCarlo about this?" I said, "Yes." Mike DiCarlo so I'm knows. I'm absolutely going to tell them about this in the world. <laughs> and, and not only that, Mom, we're going to talk about it on the <laughs> podcast for all five people, every for in front of yeah, right. every everybody. <laughs> That's awesome. Train That's your parents story. to become a better teacher. Yes, I agree with that. That's wonderful. Well, today, let's talk about our main topic for today. I think we have a, this is a, a mailbag today. So I believe um, we'll need our mailbag voice to kind of come in and, and pitch us. So this is a really interesting topic. And I think this is a very relevant topic, especially in lieu of people are trying to grapple with what is fabric? How is this going to change our landscape? And I've been very vocal about uh, the position of fabric. And where Microsoft, I think, sees Fabric sitting and where I see Fabric sitting. I think Fabric has got a, is a great advantage for the business user. I don't think it's maybe necessarily the right tool yet for data engineering and data science yet. We'll see how they mature the product. But um, I think it has potential to bring a lot of really interesting workflows into Power BI. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Just real quick, before we get into the actual question, yeah, we yeah. found some awesome mailbag uh, uh, questions from people. You guys have been submitting awesome. Leave your name. We want to give you guys credit for who you are and these these awesome questions. So keep submitting them, but please leave your name and who you are, where you work. We'll, we love what you guys are doing so far. Yeah, we appreciate it. Thank you yeah. very much for the questions. And we're, we do we do regularly review the questions yeah. that come through um, the mailbag. So uh, if you want to submit your own mailbag, if you want to go find that, you can go do so at Power BI Tips slash podcast. And that will take you right to the page where there's a form. You can fill that out and you can kind of enter your question there. So we do regularly review that as well. Seth, take it away. Read our, read our uh, mysterious question you, from our guest. If you are a current live listener and you're the owner of this mailbag question, feel free to shout out in the chat. We thought it was a good one, though. So here it is. Uh, when Microsoft added Power BI Desktop to uh, Office 365, Dynamics 365, something 365, it was seen as something that will really increase adoption as more business analysts are exposed to it. But I wonder if Fabric, which is an I, as an IT professional I'm really excited about, will have the opposite effect. Will business analysts and leaders find it too intimidating once they start to hear about data engineering, data science, pipelines, data lakes, etc.? And will IT departments pull back on it out of fear that those new tools will be used inappropriately? You've talked about it from the IT department side some, but I'm really curious what you think about overwhelming the business side. I can see a lot of, no thanks, I'll stick to Excel, thinking for those newly introduced to Power BI slash Fabric. Legacy business users, maybe not so much. Ooh, I think this is a great question. I think you should have added in there, no thanks, I'll stick to, I'll stick to Excel, said Tommy's mom. <laughs> the thought was there. I just didn't want to interject on the actual mailbag question. That's well, a good question. <laughs> so I think th- I think this is a superb question, and I think this definitely comes. Like, I don't. I'm not sure the the IT organization quite understands what Fabric is yet. So I think there's 
there's there's some things that are going to slide under the radar here fairly easily here. Um, and I I also think we'll we'll get into it more here, but I'm not sure how the Power BI Premium and Fabric and the Fabric F SKUs are all going to intermingle. Because my understanding is if you get to a P something SKU, you already have some Fabric capabilities there. So initial reactions, gentlemen, what do you think? Like where, where, where do you want to take the conversation here? Well, I would back up to what you said where IT doesn't understand Fabric yet. Mike, I think a lot of IT organizations do, does not understand the integration of Power BI and an organization yet or the full impact. Okay. Yes. We're, when you think about and from like think of managed self-service on the control a lot of organizations still have or want to still have my and also the the i think the backlash of microsoft constantly releasing these features like the new sharepoint now available in power bi and you have to manually disable that if it is not on top of that that's going to be something someone asked them they're going to go man all of these features that we don't know are available we're just going to shut things off yes. and not understand the full the full feature set, the full scale of what Power BI can do, a lot of organizations, a lot of IT uh, uh, departments would rather start, start with tighter control. Hmm. So this is, and that's just Power BI. That's not even introducing any of the elements of Fabric yet. So we're, I think we're starting from there, in, in my mind. I mean, I, I, I definitely think there's some challenges with that. I think still people, a lot, a lot of people still feel Power BI is just, just a visualization tool. Yeah. And I think that's a, a, I think that's a major miss on a lot of people. I think that's you know oh it's it's just like Tableau or it's just like Click. It's just a visualization tool. You know, provide it wide tables and it'll do things. It's actually much more than that. It can get much more complex. Uh, it can be much more integrate into your business processes. And I'm I'm definitely seeing the need for individuals that can span very technical spaces, modeling, data engineering, as well as communicating with the business and asking them what do you need to see. What is actionable in this report? And that's that's becoming more of a skill. So we're really we're blurring the line, I think, a lot more between what the business user can do and what was traditionally done by IT. Your thoughts, Seth? Yeah, I, I guess your statement made it almost sound like the business would, would be and is leading the charge and saying, like, yeah, yeah, turn on fabric. Give me fabric. Which I, I would think the exact opposite, right? Because the it's an entire tech stack, right? And it's still ultimately controlled by IT in terms of enabling user access in the entire preview, whether or not you know people would even see it, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I don't know it. Like I get more questions of why do I have to go through this dialogue to sign up for Fabric when all I want to do is look at my Power BI report? That's true. Mm -hmm. I can right? see that. Yeah. that. That's what I'm getting more from the business than... Oh my gosh, fabric, like enable it all for me so I can go do data science work, you mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know, like how um, have you, when engaging with your customers, do you have any of them talking about like enabling fabric yet? And a lot of risk so, averse. If Every... so, which, which part of the company? Okay, this is great questions. So I think it's going to be a mixed bag here. I think it really depends on your organization. I think in some organizations where it's more challenging around getting access to data and producing things quickly with value. Like for example, the data warehouse stuff or the IT group that's slow. I think the business is actually clamoring a little bit more for IT to relinquish some more control around some of the data elements. Hey, we just need copies of data. You've got these really large tables. You know, there are hundreds of millions in rows in size. We now have tools that can help us. And so the business is looking to explore, can Fabric speed up our ability to go get information and sh and shape it into what we want, like what we need for the reporting. But I think there's that side of things from from that perspective. There's also the the idea that um, some organizations are taking a very cautious approach. They want to know about it, but they they don't really understand wh why would I want to use it? Where does it fit? And I think this whole paradigm shift around a lake house and this medallion architecture is fairly new. And I feel like a lot of companies that I work with are very SQL based in nature. So they're used to staging tables. They're used to servers showing up. They're used to like, you know, turning things on for a long period of time. Like, is this going to cost me a lot of money? Not unless you design it wrong. So there's, there's definitely to me, there's a lot of education from what is a lake house? How do you better use it? Um, I'm going through some testing things right now with the fabric lake house right now. I was 
I was doing a streaming data test for like two weeks with some streaming data. And uh, very quickly, my lake filled up with around 25 gigs, 26 gigs in my fabric test trial. And so I was trying to vacuum and optimize the lake house tables. These are, these are things that you would do if you were doing data engineering things. And as I was doing these, I'm getting weird results from the fabric environment. It's different than what I would have seen when I was working inside uh, Databricks. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's definitely some refinements that still need to come. I don't think the vacuum process was working correctly. It wasn't removing files as expected. And my, my lake house is getting increasingly in size. You know, where, where one of the major hiccups I find when people work with lake houses is they don't understand there is a, a side to the lake house that you need to manage the storage. Yes, storage is very cheap. But if you're not on top of it and removing old files or vacuuming things out, these tables can get really large and you can make lots of files that aren't really helpful um, and actually adding no value after a period of time. So you, you're right. going to be spending extra money on data you're not even using. Mike, I, I go back and I, I've been going back to something you said really early on when Fabric was introduced, where we have the IT departments or the data engineering teams they're not asking why fabric they're more asking well why switch the point is nothing new is in fabric all these other features and tools already exist just in different areas yes and rather than people asking well why should i go to fabric it's more well why should i switch i already have synapse and i have the control and i have the teams and i have i want things in a sense separated right now because i have that greater control so it and at least the data engineering teams the data the big data teams are going we already have a great setup you have to prove to me this is a better experience and a better workflow than what we currently have and then on the other side the business analyst is going what in the world is all of this this new world what's a pipeline what's a lake house i now i'm overwhelmed so that's kind of the two worlds right now and i'm probably right now because this is all very overwhelming to people because you're getting all these new tools Uh, i just did a whole you know kind of training session around fabric recently for Mm -hmm. uh, the class that i run a power bi deployment and governance and in that class we're, we're going through like Here's all the things you can do in front. Here's the here's the architecture of Power BI. Oh, by the way, here's an equivalent architecture of now Fabric. And there's this whole, I mean, it doesn't look like a lot, but you now get not just Power Query M as a compute engine to go low data. You now have Spark, uh, Kusto, SQL Server, SQL Serverless, and you have all these other engines uh, that are all living together. There's like four or five now compute engines that can now manipulate and move the data around. So as a data engineer slash data scientist coming into the business realm, I think the business is going to get a lot more capability. But I think you're, you're right, Tommy. A lot of this is, well, I just want my table of data. I, I'm used to doing that. And so we're so the, the culture shift is now even further away from where the business is used to working. And so there's even a larger gap uh, between what that's, what's that's looking like for the business. So, well, it, what's interesting about this conversation is, and ever since Fabric came out, is proponents of Fabric or people who use it would be the ones that are promoting it, right? Correct. Like yes. Business people, by and large, have no idea that Fabric even exists outside of the fact that they can't get to Power BI. <laughs> or I agree with that. Well, now it changed. I, I guess what's interesting to me about like the, the two areas in terms of the, the setup here in IT is... Um, I'm I'm pretty certain that like all of us instantly go, hey, from an IT perspective, how can I roll my existing solution onto Fabric? Right, mm-hmm. and that's not what Microsoft says. Mm-hmm. Like there there is no expectation, right? I think yes. long term they'd love that, but like it's about new implementations. Does our right. solution? Did we simplify our solution enough and reduce the friction? And the, the trouble, because if you think about it, <clears throat> if you have any of these sort of big data systems or cloud systems, which is typically what we're talking about a lot, um, there's there's a lot of setup and configuration. There's mm-hmm. a ton of permissioning. There's there's a ton of things on the back end that completely fall into the IT realm and continue to, whereas we were talking about, oh, well, how do you, how do you graduate, like elevate your Power BI reports? How do you certify them? How do you get the data sets to a point you want to? Well, I want to source from all these big enterprise backend systems. Does Fabric and what it's, you know, promises to provide simplify all that if you don't have it? 
I mean, it's a resounding yes, right? Mm -hmm. Like they're, yes. they're simplifying that whole thing to the point that we are actually having a conversation around business users integrating with these solutions, which never would have been possible before that. Agreed. Which is great so, on paper. So there, I, and I agree, and that's yeah. what we're going to dive into today. But like related to the topic of conversation that we're mm -hmm. talking about, it's like, I think that's a distinction I want to make from new versus existing and roll on. Yes. And then to Mike, to Mike's point, business the value behind fabric would be like there's there would be a level of data access and transparency to the yes. processes that they wouldn't they don't have visibility into 100%. Right? yes right like not and this is where i think just because you put things side by side are they going to understand them i yes i think i think that's part of you know the friction that maybe um, spiked my interest with this question because we do talk about it from the IT side a lot. Yes. And when I think about overwhelming business users, we are bringing not just a reporting tool, right? We're bringing a tech stack and new technologies to brand new business people who need to adopt them. So what are the challenges that we face on that side of thing? And that that's kind of how I took this question because that's a whole user adoption problem within an organization. Yeah. I think it's important too, and not to talk us up a bit, but you have to understand our context. We're kind of the, the unicorns of the space because we know the business, we know the IT, we live this. We love this and we live this, but that's not at every organization where they're not gonna say right off the bat, oh, this all these integrations of new tooling or, or migration of systems sounds great. There's a lot of reservation where, who are you expecting to really take this on? If it's the business analyst to take this on, well, you have a few barriers of, uh, of entry, either the skill level of pipelines, notebooks, data lakes, and understanding the best standard or the best practices, the IT controls, whether or not they have the access, and then now they're devoting, they're going to have to shift their current time, the most valuable th resource they have time to not working on Power BI data sets, but now moving to the lake house. But again, going back hold, to our last that, point. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, it, I'll, it's the time that. thing there. It's yeah, the time thing. Yeah. Like un, uh, <laughs> any, new, any, new, any new technology, right? Like the, you throw onto a business user, exponentially, you can assume that things are going to slow down while they're adopting it right mm -hmm. and yeah and power bi was one thing but now we're talking lake houses and spark and like you're, it's a lot it's a lot there's some pretty hot, lofty expectations in there but i think this is why i mean if i if i had to put the the microsoft hat or lens onto things right as well here i really do think microsoft is trying to say look we want to bring your data engineers, and this is where I think things get, the water gets very muddy, right? They, they really are shying, saying, we would like you to hire data engineers or bring in data engineers to work inside Fabric. They want the workloads to work side by side. Now, here's where my governance hat kind of comes on or how I try and think about how do we govern this, right? Up until this point, we've been really focusing on like with Power BI, it's been around, a lot around the data set, the workspace, and the report. And maybe an app, right? How do how do I bring content to Power BI? We've been very vocal about making models and thin reports. That's the way to do it, right? So when you do that kind of modeling or or that design, I think people are now starting to get their heads around. Oh, this is I see. I'm getting. I'm seeing the picture of what this is doing. And I think what Fabric has brought is Fabric has brought another whole layer of one. It's text stacks, but you're now bringing a whole bunch of other information like tables. So now we have tables of data databases as if they are like lake houses so a lake house we have now these lake houses or collections of tables and or files and so we're now adding like a, to your point Seth you said earlier right there's now more infrastructure there's now more access to the process the data the tables behind the data that are now could be brought in front of those business users so this is where my mind goes is do I really want all my lake houses and all my data engineering to live right alongside the data set workspace and the report workspace. And so I think I'm having a harder time figuring out how do we build this? Do we have more shortcuts to assets and artifacts that the IT organization already builds? 
do we let them build, do we let IT or the engineering side of things build the data engineering elements and we just land links or relationships or tables of data into these lake houses that the business can use? So I, it's, to me, it's providing a lot more opportunity for more diverse teams to work together in the same environment. Now, I would also agree with your comments earlier, and I was very much with you. A lot of IT or data engineers or data scientists are like, we already have tools. They already work for us today. Why would I want to migrate over to Fabric? For what reason? What's the advantage, right? I already have Data Factory. I already have, you know, other systems that produce value from data. Well, I would go, why would I want to go to Fabric that has less features than what I already have, right? So to me, there's like a, there's a feature gap right now for a lot of the data engineering and data science space that's not enticing those people to show up and do those types of efforts. That's a that's an interesting point, Mike, because I'm thinking about this in the question, like uh, overwhelming the business side. I don't know if so much the technology itself, like learning what a, a lake house is or learning the areas. I think it's because the gray area of there's no roadmap. There's no best practices yet. Like that's true. How, we we didn't. We're still we in never, preview, right? It's we, not well, even real yet. We never came to a conclusion on how much data is in a lake house on our previous episode and there's no success metrics. How do we know if we do this we will be more successful than if we didn't? There's none of that right now that we can really gauge that and, or the business could. So I don't think it's like learning what a lake house is. It's, well, how should we use a lake house in our department or team? We've had a hard time trying to answer that question definitively. Yes. I, and I like your, your point there, Tommy, right? We, I, I, I want to keep leaning on that point that you made there. The idea is traditionally we were managing data sets and reports. That's kind of our main facility now. Well, every data set is made up of a collection of tables. So all the fabric is providing to us is another whole layer deeper of right. here's all the tables you want to manage or you may want to see. So I think that's really good in the fact that there's more you know, exposure to you can see them easier. It's not as hidden. Um, but on the other hand, I think you're right, Tommy. I think the proliferation of potential artifacts things you can get access to, things you might not have access to. If someone doesn't know what they're doing with how to build lake houses, workspaces, and and there's not a, there's not a plan. And this is one of the main points I, I was talking about in my class was mm -hmm. you need to at least think through what is your strategy around data? Whether you, whether you really embrace fabric or not, it's going to be here. What do you want people to see? How much of these tables are we going to produce is acceptable to the business? It's almost neutralizing micro, Power BI's best selling point is that quick quick adoption or the five minutes to wow, where I can build a data set may not be great, but I can begin to visualize right away. That was a rapid adoption. And now we're introducing all these things that kind of almost disqualify that. Uh, is fabric for the business? <sighs> I don't know if I can answer that right now. That's a great question, Seth. I'm going to say... The way in, the, in its current state, I'm going to say no, honestly. I, I think, I mean, when you listen, all the documentation you're put, you watch Microsoft write about it, it's talking all about the data engineer, the data engineer, the data engineer. Everything, everything they write is Fabric is around data engineering. All the things they added into Fabric, aside from the power, like, mm. like other, everything except Direct Lake, all of it is towards data engineers. Then, then why would I allow a business user to have access to all those enterprise systems? That is a great Ooh. question. Yeah. And so this is, so this is what I was trying to allude now. to earlier, right? Maybe there is a fabric workspace that you have, you know, people on your team that are prepping data, right? That's the data engineering, you know, Hey, we're going to do notebooks. Hey, we're going to use spark, whatever. That's, that's a, a part of fabric that we don't get access to. The output of that though, is something I, w I would want to get the business user, right? So if I have a medallion architecture, I bring in data, I refine it, I, I mature it, right? That's something I would want to give to my data engineering team, right? And then the output of that, I want to easily get that into Power BI. And I think, I think to me, the, the value that I see from Fabric for the business user is direct lake. I mean, how amazing would it be just to be able to point a data set at tables that are automatically being populated or hydrated by some team that's to me, I'm really excited around the direct lake side of things um, and feel like that's been a really big advantage on top of this. But you're right, Seth. I don't I think you have to really slowly progress through that 
growth because in the same fashion, like you don't want to just randomly give a Power BI user access to a workspace. Do you know how to publish? Do you know what you're building? Do you know how to build a data set? Are you going to build data sets that are super abusive and going to take all my capacity away? Like there's training that's involved to getting even a business user into Power BI. We would have to expect the same effort, education, training around letting other users get access to Fabric inside Power BI. Do you but, understand but the are, architecture? But are, but, yeah, but, but are they, right? Like the, the, the challenges and some of the mixed messaging, it could just be like as things roll out. That, sure. I, that I encounter is we there. Microsoft is taking terms that we've been using for business users and business intelligence related activities for like Power BI and reporting, where it's an interface that is is for business people. Like you don't have to code. You can click through things and do a lot of transformations in Power Query. You can connect to multiple different data sources, and it makes sense. And the the only reason your time investing in calculations or you know things to enhance that in the visual layer is because you need an output but it still makes sense in that world what microsoft is doing is it's taking like find your champions but now they're champion like champions aren't business users in the marketing material champions are mm -hmm. are are engineers and architects and data yes. scientists and it's like every we just exploded into the organization everybody's a champion of of like if you're going to create your champion network of fabric it's across all these spectrums and what's interesting to me and like even in this conversation like and i know it, it should be on the business side is i i don't think we sh we are like part of this conversation is bring the business analysts in to have them plug into you know the number two thing for the 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 training which is, oh, start teaching them lake houses, start teaching them Apache Spark, start teaching them Delta Lake. Like, I don't think you're business do that. users, man. That, like, think, they don't care. Yeah. So, where's the spectrum of like, of course, they're in Power BI, the, the reporting side. Hmm? You know, do they branch into a few other areas within a workspace that has access to a full enterprise pipeline? Or to your point, no. should you be creating a separate pipeline that then? Like is, those, so now I'm separate. Like, why? Why not bring that to the table right away? Like, and I, I think, haven't seen anything where it's like, hey, a great way to implement this or like break this out is all of your parts of champions that deal with enterprise whatever. We would put them in here because mm -hmm. they're going to be very concerned who has access to things, just like they do in this world. Yep. And we're curating data sets that will make the most sense for the business. And then if you want to analyze, then if you want to enhance, then you like that you do that in a separate space, or there's some way to separate within the space the permission levels of people. And maybe that's gonna get there. But I like right now there's this disconnect of like, man, I don't think what I'm saying is bring on a business user analyst champion mm -hmm. and have any sort of expectation that they're gonna ramp up into all of these these areas of a tech stack because just I, because I, you bring them together doesn't mean that they're still not like very functions large things that you need to understand in the current state and i'll caveat because right. what six months from now like how good is copilot going to be right <laughs> like who knows it, are we unifying all this because it's just going to be that simple for a business user to interact with all these things and not know but that's all sc also scary because <laughs> like if somebody's just generating code yeah. in copilot and then dumping it in a notebook be like run and then <laughs> yeah, someone's like, bonus is ah! based on that yeah well <laughs> i i end up but i i honestly push back i don't think it's the skill or lack thereof right now that's the problem or even the overwhelming i i really go back to I'm sorry for what? Hold on to what you're saying in terms of where where does the business analyst exist in this or where does the IT or where does the data engineer exist in this? You don't think there's a skill gap between no. trying to teach them those? I know there is a skill gap. Business users, my there's argument, already skills. Yeah, I completely agree. There's, there's already data engineers gap. out there that are doing sure. this. right? Well, so no, you can bring my, them in, but like the business user, there's a gap in their skill knowledge. I think, Tommy, you're saying those, there's other there's already people out there who understand this, like that they are data engineers. Will they be able to use fabric bring them in is you're basically bringing in new people as opposed to educating the existing business user platform 
Yes and no. Let me back up. I'm saying okay. the fundamental problem I think we're having here and this question where are we going to overwhelm or is IT going to control? I think it goes to the utility of what the question that has not been answered yet. What does the Fabric Lake House do better than any existing solution out there currently? Because if that can be definitively answered and proven, you will see business analysts begin to adopt this and learn the skill. You will mm. see IT organizations invest the resource and time for their BA and the Power BI users to get the skills into this. You will see the IT begin to integrate their existing solutions into this. Sure. But until that question where this whole core story goes of what does the Fabric Lakehouse do better than any existing solution now? I don't think you're going to see either side. You're going to overwhelm because they don't know how to use it. Not because they don't have this. They may not have the skill, but they don't know where it exists in their current workflow. And IT is going to go, wait, so you're telling me we're going to duplicate our efforts or I'm going to move all my efforts to the Fabric Lake House. Why? And that no one's going to invest the time or resources to either get past that fear or the overwhelm because there's really no against true better utility for the fabric lake house. Well, what, what's, what's the pitch, right? Well, he, I mean, yeah. let me, I want to answer your question directly though, yeah. Tommy. Like I want to jump into your answer. So I don't think fabric does. Uh, there's, there's a couple things, <clears throat> a couple items that I say fabric does better than your current systems today. Right. So synapse is kind of like my, my point of reference and Databricks is my other point of reference when I talk mm -hmm. about those things. Right. So, one thing that Fabric does better than Databricks does is this whole concept of connecting Power BI data sets to the lake, the delta tables that Databricks provides. So Databricks does do a, a table, but when you're if you're using pure Databricks and Power BI, you have to connect Power BI through a Databricks SQL endpoint. Yeah, but you're still refreshing things and they're still in import modes. So there's there's some things there that are a bit janky. Now, that being said, Databricks can now write tables down to Fabric, the lake house. Fabric can then, then Power BI datasets can then connect to those tables directly. And now you're using Direct Lake. So one feature that I'm, I think that Power BI Fabric does better is this Direct Lake and the ability to connect all these different services together, right? So without a lot of extra configuration, it's painful to get Synapse, Blob Storage, Databricks, all those things kind of talking together. There's service principles are set up. There's things yeah. in the background, there's permissioning issues. <laughs> who's got the right permissions to the lake and lake and what lake elements are doing. So I think that part is a frictional piece that Fabric is solving. So um, the, the connection or the connectivity of the different services together, I think is a very big win. And Fabric had, has done a very good job of saying, hey, it doesn't matter what tool you're going to use, whether it's Spark, Dataflows, or something else, we're going to write the data down in the Delta format. That, that was a big win, I think, in, in general. And you know even the data sets, right? Power BI data sets are going to read Delta format tables and use that columnar compression type format in order to let the, the Power BI engine absorb data. All of those things, I think, are where Fabric is very nice. Um, and I also would maybe even echo here a little bit as you know, the idea of using this SQL serverless engine that allows you to write SQL against tables that live in your lake and explore data. Now, granted, that's much more of an IT data engineering type exercise. I'm going to write SQL. I'm not expecting every business user to write SQL. But I've walked into organizations where they have, you know, everyone in the entire company, all business users knows SQL. But this means we have hundreds, if not thousands of access databases, ripping out data from servers and doing their own little data engineering. So in, in, in organizations where they have prioritized a workload around Everyone must know SQL. We will, we will spend the money to build that into our data culture. I think in some ways, Fabric would add a lot of value to those companies because then they could produce, um, people could produce their own data engineered things inside this Fabric ecosystem. So I think that list will grow over time. There will be more better things that Fabric will produce to this. But I think that's, that is my short list right now. And I'm not sure that short list is compelling enough to say okay stop what you're doing shut off all your old exercises that you're doing around data engineering let's move everything over to fabric and get it right there i don't think there's enough and one thing oh, that's nervous to me is the, is the spend on this sorry go ahead the, the spend is absolutely something but i i think there's less of a compelling reason for organizations that have already figured out 
all of the touch points between these systems to incorporate data into an ecosystem, right? Like if we've yes. already sorted it out and we already have all these tools and these yeah. um, things in place, is there a reason that you would uh, abruptly move on to Fabric? And I think the answer is no, because you've already sorted Correct. through that. Yes. But if we, if, we, if we look at just the marketing of Fabric, um, which which is valid to all Mike's points, it, it unifies the architecture Right, yes. like yeah. already, it's it's consolidating all these independent services that Microsoft still supports yes. into one service, one interface. Uh, is it from one to the next to the next? Yes. Is that going to get better? Yes. I think I think more compelling. You're unifying the data storage. Mm -hmm. That's because, yes, correct. Because if we think about AI, if we think about all of these things that allow me to plug something into an estate of where all my data lives, right now that's a it's a huge challenge. How many third party systems do does or do organizations use in business units? Right, you would have to have all of those ingestion pipelines created to pull it into a lake house to do all your ETL like with it with um, one lake. Like, great, throw it in one lake. Now it's accessible. Yeah. Throw it in in whatever format, even if it's not part of my lake house, even if it's not part of my fabric, you know, workspace and pipelines and all that yes. kind of stuff. It's still there. And then I think ultimately, like the biggest thing is just while I have security concerns around certain aspects, like unified data transparency, there's a pipeline. We all know the pipeline. How many conversations do you have where somebody looks at a source Excel file and says, I'm trying to compare this against the report and none of it's making sense. So we must look at the report calculations. Yeah. It's like, well, yes, that's a component of it. But do we know how the data is going from point A to point B and how many transformations or how it's joined to other information or cleaned or cleansed or all of the 500 steps that could be happening before, you know, from the raw file before it even gets to the report? No. Right. So I think those are those are very compelling. And um, the more like if you think about even some of the the very easy methods within Power BI to connect to third parties, to hook up to an API, to do all these things. There's a very compelling argument in Fabric where it's like, okay, if that's just as easy, but now I can pull it into a, a, a more enterprise ready like workflow instantly, and I don't have to worry about like uh, security. There's yes. a ton of use cases yes. for new implementations because I would much rather do that then spool up an independent ADF service, spool yep. up an independent database thing, connect and make sure all of the, you know, the storage the work together. and are there. Yeah. And then I have mm -hmm. ADLS Gen 2. And okay, this is definitely an IT service request ticket, right? So, so speed to market, is it five minutes to wow? But no. But for some, for folks who have the experience of like, how do we set this up? How do we use it? I think it's much faster and easier to onboard new business units. I think it's much faster agree. to implement. And overall, I think it's just going to be a you know a better and easier experience to get data into a centralized you know system. Do we have a ton to talk about as it relates to like how do we organize that? How do we manage it? How do we administrate it? Like absolutely, there's not that's not figured out yet. But there needs to be more thought around that. But like if I'm an organization that doesn't have any of this set up or I'm playing with cloud, but I, only certain aspects of this, mm -hmm. I, I, I think it's definitely worth the POC. And look, it's just, you need more people who understand a lot of various parts of, of these systems as opposed to just a business user who may know some Power BI. You know, we, we may have been approaching Fabric and the the adoption of it, maybe in, in the wrong angle or possibly wrong in general. I really, from the beginning, we've kind of talked about this all or nothing approach. Well, if you need a lake house, you need pipelines, you're going to have notebooks, there's going to be data flows, all these all medallion approaches. Is there a way though, if we're going to truly introduce fabric to a business without overwhelming, overwhelming them, we have a more controlled released kind of process where rather than, Hey, here's the entire data engineering stack all at once, adopt it, starting with segments of fabric, starting with the lake house that's already kind of pre-controlled showing the use case and success of that, and then beginning to expand on that. Just like when you introduce power BI to an organization or to a user, you don't start yes. with 
Hey, here's filter context. Do you know what DAX is? Doesn't matter. Here's filter context. That, you know, and yeah. you have a model. You start with here's some. Some is yeah. like Excel, and then we can yeah. build up. Tr- and then true. You build up, and I think as I'm going through this, introducing Fabric cannot will never work by all or nothing. Yes, where we start it's- with data engineering, we have to start with segments and begin to say what does success success look like. We'll start with a lake house, one lake house that someone else controls. You have some shortcuts. Yep. Look, now we're going to begin to utilize this in a pilot. Right. Yes. And we kind of expand. Yes. I, and I think that's the approach. And think about right now, where does the business user already understand portion right. of the fabric, right? right. The business right. 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 user right. already understands data flows, right? So we already have data flows Gen 2 showing up in fabric. And so from that perspective, you're right, Tommy. I don't want to drop in and give business users a Python, a notebook, all these extra things. Now, the, the, the other alternative here is, you may have, again, this is all culture-driven, right? So I've walked into companies where everyone knew SQL. Everyone would be happy to have a SQL data warehouse inside Fabric, and they could write queries against tables. They would love that. And so that's their culture. That's, that's something that they invested in, and they picked, and they hired people specifically with that skill set. There's likely other businesses that have a lot of Python developers already running things at the business level. Not saying there's any ones that I've encountered, but I was actually looking to... Um, Steven on the chat in LinkedIn says, my guys are happy. Like we like using Python. They, their business users understand it. So that's a skill that their team has developed or they've hired into. And it's nice to know that Fabric accommodates those users as well. Accommodates, yeah. And so I think where I think I'm, I think of the majority of people, if you're a business user, you'll feel comfortable in data flows. Okay, where do I put the data? Okay, there's a little, there's a little bit of a growth, a mental shift. That okay, well, when we're done with the data flow, we now don't have to save every table in the data flow. We can we can tell the data flow where to put the data. You know, oh, we're not gonna put that in the lake. Great. You can hand wave a lot and say, oh, by the way, you know, it's using all this extra technology in the hood. You just care about put your tables from the data flow in this lake house. Here's your default data set. Boom, done. Like so there is a very simple story of like a growth pattern here that I think you're you're doing a very job, very good job articulating is we're not going to give a business user all the things. Don't don't feel like you need to come in and know how yeah. to use fabric. Have to have the medallion architecture. Like what's bronze, silver, gold? Who cares? You know, start, take, exactly. Take, take this a step level up too, right? Like one yeah. one one point before I dive into that is like I don't think we've been on the wrong approach. I think what we've talked about a lot is implementation and how to build focused solutions within a new framework. Yes. As well as how do we set up the infrastructure for this new thing? Because anything yeah. we're anything you're going to do in order totally like we've been in that mode as opposed to talking about how do we implement it or get things going. But if you're if you're talking on like a, a more granular, but we bring that up, what's striking me this uh, about this like by segment idea mm-hmm. is especially for new new areas of adoption. If you think about a business unit that is using one, two, three third party tools, yes. a lot of times when they interact with enterprise BI teams, right? Like we have to oh, yeah. into them. How do we connect? How do we get third party tools. To the data? Yeah. Where do you where do you store that data, especially if there's you know a lot of high data security around yep. it? Think HR, think finance, et cetera. Mm-hmm. The segment idea with fabric actually is much more compelling because if I'm a business intelligence team that is in charge of the whole organization, mm-hmm. now I can have a POC, POC that's specific to a, a particular business unit. And I can build things in an ecosystem for them, whether or not I give them access to everything, like I think remains to be seen how we set up a workspace, et cetera. But at the same time, like if I'm walking them through the process of fabric and this is the same interface that they begin to interact with and adopt, et cetera, as far as like um, all of these things that are part of a data strategy, what am I doing? I'm actually elevating their data literacy and increasing the value of the business because we're creating accurate pipelines in an area that I can leverage and reuse when I go on to the next business unit, right? Because every part of that architecture and structure that we're building for that business unit would be accessible to me if I'm if I need certain data aspects in a different business unit. And that's where mm-hmm. I think where this becomes really powerful is the shared shared tables right between different workspaces or organizational units that are allowing me to build extremely accurate and well-formed data outputs that are owned by a team 
I don't want to be the subject matter expert or owner of all source data, right? But if I've now pulled in for that business unit, the, all of the data that they need and consolidate it, and we've gone through and applied the business logic, and now I have clean data sets for them, now I can leverage that in this ecosystem because it's all part of the same ecosystem as opposed to, oh, we built that over in SQL for them. Well, now we need SQL permissions. Can we go access that table? And then what are we going to do? We're going to we're going to copy that tape data over to this system, right? Like, and this is where the lake house architecture makes a ton of sense because now I'm in Delta tables. Now it's all in the same place. Now all it is is a matter of permissioning and access from one business unit to the other. And you can do this in an incremental way. And there's there's a powerful statement there too, because Mike, you were talking about the data flows where gen one data flows are are the no outlets of data engineering. Yeah. Right? Yep. Where there's only one place to go is it to a Power BI data set. That's the only totally agree. Two. Now yes. you can actually expand to the teams like, hey, use the same tooling you can, but guess what? We have in the lake house a SQL Server. Guess what? You can plug into Power Platform now. If they're the Power Platform, Power Automate, you can do right back on your own server. And I think so now all of a sudden you're expanding their tooling besides just a single Power BI report. Because again, thinking about the pushback, well, why would I do this and not just a Power BI data set? It's like this data now exists outside of just Power BI that you're still controlling using the same tooling familiar. And yes, and I and I think one thing that I'm, I'm, I'm thinking through my mind here is there's there's now still a story around one security that hasn't really materialized yet. So, you know, huge. right. So there's this concept to your point, Seth, right. And we're going to have multiple areas of business. We can do proof of concepts in these different departments. I don't have to worry about spin up any extra architecture. When you delete the workspace, all the architecture disappears. Things get simply, like, it simplifies a lot of things inside all of this. Um, so, uh, I, I have to pay homage. Uh, thank you very much for Joanne jumping into the comments in the, in the chat oh, thread. No. I, I really appreciate it. Oh, yes. um, you are doing great. And, and, and Tommy will get you there. Tommy will, will teach you about fabric. It will, it will come. But anyway. I was going to say, I got a live update in mind yeah. saying, I told her, I'm like, listen to the podcast. She said, Oh joy. Can't wait. <laughs> so if you wonder where I get my sarcasm. from. <laughs> so, I mean, what I think is so going back to my comment around one security, right? So one security could solve a lot more of these problems. And and Seth, as you were saying those things around, hey, we can do uh, business-led topical areas, right? Hey, your finance, your HR, you're doing specific things that are making data for your team. This really does remove some blockers in the data silo space. And now we do have a common way of collecting and and communicating data across the teams in previous worlds, we were using data sets, which was row level security, object level security. And now we're expanding to the lake house. So now we have tables and rows and tables inside those lake houses. So all we're doing is we're adding more artifacts to that business user, which is good, but we're going to need a thing like one security that says, okay, here's all the data artifacts across everything inside your environment. Here's how we're going to easily manage access to all these different artifacts on a workspace level. And I don't I don't see Fabric adding a whole bunch of additional things away from, like, I don't see Fabric adding a whole bunch of other elements away from um, what we do today, right? So F Fabric is not, it is not changing the controls and administration and governance very far from what we have today in Power BI. It's still workspace related. It's still artifact driven. You have access directly to data sets and now lake houses. So there's still the same kind of levels of control. We do add more things, which I think is good, but I don't think we're going to be so far away. Um, and so I think what, what you'll start seeing is, I think you're going to start seeing the adoption roadmap. I think you're going to start seeing other language coming from Microsoft, explaining how do you manage the governance and finding those data stewards or data owners of the information we put into our fabric environment. I think this also opens up another role to a fabric champion that has to almost like a project manager for fabric to kind of introduce these in the right in the right timing right like a controlled release where it's like okay we're going to introduce a lake house but we're not going to talk about all the other elements let's see what success looks like now we're kind of guide to whatever that next step is so having that someone who has the skill from the data engineering just like we have that power bi champion who understands the business and the technical side i think we're needing that's going to be a need to have a leader in that space. That's kind of guide that adoption. Yeah, I would hundred percent agree with that. I think 
ultimately fabric's a much more nuanced conversation. And I think you need to really lean into like the obvious benefit for business units. Right. And if, if there is none because they have working solutions, that's going to be a harder thing to sell versus, or, or a more nuanced way to start to, you know, migrate to or integrate versus I think new implementations where it reduces a lot of friction across the board from both the IT and business side and brings them closer, faster to, um, a better unified experience, leveraging tools and technologies that have been out there before, but much closer to the business, right? So I I think that's the benefit of it. If you just dump this on the business and assume that, you know, a business analyst where they would be able to pick up and see the meaning behind Power BI for disparate data sources and be able to put together reports. If you just put fabric and you're like, okay, here's this new ecosystem. yeah, I don't, I don't think you'd get much adoption, but I, across the board, I think it just it increases the level of effort related to business technology leaders, managers within organizations, consultants, et cetera, to really provide like deep, deep training. Like this changes the roadmap for how you pull pull people forward or skill them up or yes. whatnot. But I like to our previous points, I think I think it's a fantastic uh, um, platform that allows business users a lot more access to systems and things that they they may not have had before. And that's phenomenally yeah. um, it, or I should say that's that's an exceptional skill set that they could start to build related to big data especially if you're in that yes. realm where we're talking about volumes and and these were inaccessible areas and still today are really hard to deal with um, just from a uh, access and permissioning level, you know, kind of, kind of uh, arena. So overall, those are my final thoughts. I would say if I had to give my final thoughts here around this, because I know we're getting that time here, I would say, I think a lot of business users are already doing data engineering to some degree and probably more so inside Excel than inside a formal system. Right. So I definitely felt like I was, when I was the Excel user and I was doing very complex things across Excel, lifting data up, making different, you know, VLOOKUPs and you're doing a data warehousing experience. A lot of people build many data marts inside Excel. I wouldn't necessarily agree sure. that's the right way to do it. However, you're, you're learning the fundamentals of, I have data in this weird unformatted way and I've got to shape it in a way that adds value to me. Right, that's that is a skill that they have learned. They already know it. Then the the challenge I think is identifying those individuals and saying, okay, we're now going to give you better pro tools to do the same stuff. So we're going to take your data flows. We're going to make it data flows Gen two. Hey, we're going to take your tables of data you're outputting and make them a lake house. So it's just kind of translating what they were doing. And so now where I where I think the education needs to live is. Here's a lot of great things that IT typically does when they're doing engineering. We're going to educate you on those things. Here's what Git is. Here's how to build a lake house. Here's how to store data. Here's a bronze, silver, gold version. It's it's adding more capability to people, things people already know yeah. and they're already doing. Now, the organization, I think, has to stand behind all that, but this is just an education level beyond from where they were. So that's I think it's I think it's great. I think we can give a lot of our business users credit. I think we'll get there. It's just going to take time for us to get our head around where this fits, what skills are needed in that business team that are going to enable them to do more with their data. Tommy, any final thoughts? I think going through each segment of this, it's going through a phase, identifying what you want to accomplish and showcasing the value at each stage rather than we're going to introduce fabric. Here's all the value. Yeah. It has to be, we're going to learn this incremental show the va- incremental value, yes. showcasing that to the users. Why mm-hmm. am I going to invest my time management? Why am I going to invest my resources on this? Agreed. And uh, kind of that controlled release. I th- really need to be the way now what that looks like, what those components are. Mike, to your point, that's dependent on each organization. Because exactly. You're right. Dealing with what the skill level is at the time. Totally agree. With that, we've wasted a perfectly good hour of your time talking about fabric things, fabric-related things. This is a great question. So, you know, will the business be overwhelmed? Maybe, maybe not, right? I think it depends on your organization and, and the threshold you have there. I think there are some definitely strong points around fabric. Um, I definitely, of this scenario, I think the business users get the better end of the deal here. I don't think you're getting, with fabric, you're not going to entice a lot of data engineers and data scientists to be like, oh, I can't wait to use fabric. 
I'm going to drop all these old tools and come on over. So I don't think we're, I don't think we're there yet, but it's going to, it's, I think the story is getting better as we go. With that, we really appreciate your listenership. We appreciate the time you spent with us. Uh, we know your time is valuable. If you liked this conversation, if you'd like thinking about how Fabric works in relation to the business user, please share it with somebody else. Share it on social media. Let someone at work know that you found some value from this. We're always looking to get the word out. So for listeners, thank you very much for participating. We'd love it for you to share it with somebody else. Tommy, where else can you find the podcast? You can find us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to subscribe and leave a rating. It helps us out a ton. Have a question, idea, or topic that you want us to talk about in a future episode, head over to powerbi.tips podcast and leave your name. Join us live every Tuesday and Thursday, 7.30 a.m. Central, and join the conversation on all of Power BI Tips social media channels. Don't just leave your name. Ask the question and then leave uh, your name, yeah, too. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can leave you your name, too. Well, yeah, yeah. we would appreciate the question as well as we are in. So. I'll add that to my template. So. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thank you all so much, and we'll see you next time.